The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Yeah. So good to be here with you all. Um, Very delighted. I'm aware that day you're probably all sitting for a while. For those who are online or in person, if you need to move, uh, feel free to do so. Just uh, allow the body to shift and change a little. As we shift and change in a different mode of practicing and learning, uh, learning Dharma. So what's on my mind uh, today is a couple of words that I'd like to share uh, my reflections upon. And these are the words grounding or groundedness. I've introduced this couple of words in our uh, meditation and just slightly. And so these two words, um, grounding, groundedness, may evoke something in you. And even now, as you're sitting or lying down, standing, and just checking to see what is the felt sense of grounding or grounded, being grounded. For me, there is an immediate sense of resting down, settling down. Be a sense of a safety, sense of a trust, feeling secure here, not worried that somehow the ground will disappear underneath of me. So you may have words and phrases, images of your own uh, in this sense of a grounding or being grounded. And um, so for me, uh, what I'd like to share today is a reflective question. Um, Where do we ground ourselves? Where do we ground ourselves? As human beings, uh, one way or another, uh, we're always finding ground to settle in, consciously, unconsciously, ever since we were born. And when we were babies, the parents' arms are the nice, comfy grounds to be in, kind of resting there. As we grow up, uh, lots of different grounds open up for us. Relationships with the friends, family, relationships in communities, maybe coming together here. Uh, feels a sense of a grounding and a sense of a trust and safety as we are in specific kinds of communities and our heart and mind and body can rest, feel some sense of settling in, in this kind of grounds. And there are also other kind of grounds 
and some are find um, grounds in jobs, work we do, the careers, and they offer a certain kind of a fulfillment, excitement, a certain sense of security in different ways, maybe. Um, and grounds of hobby, and grounds of entertainment. That's where we are kind of feeling okay, you know, a sense of okayness may come in, a sense of resting can come in when we're engaged in those activities. And the list can go on. You know, lots of these grounds can open up as we uh, go about living our lives. And some of these grounds, um, as we begin to get a sense of uh, kind of uh, them emerging, we may also notice uh, many of these grounds uh, involve a pattern of activities and doing. In relationships, we have to find relationships, maintain them, the jobs and careers that offer our fulfillment, how to really work at it and, and be in it. And uh, for me, I remember when I first uh, came to this country uh, more than 30 years ago, and as a college student, I uh, immediately realized that um, that there was absolutely no security in any form. Um, um, no financial security, no relationships, and I just immediately got very busy um, doing, uh, trying to get a degree as fast as possible, and just so that I could feel a, a little comfort in achieving that, and and um, getting a part-time job while doing that. I remember days when I uh, would spend all night in the computer graphics lab working on my project. And this, um, this is all okay. I think we all do this in our lives from time to time. And, um, and little did I know, though, as I engage in this pattern, and this can become a habit, a habit of doing, achieving more, accomplishing more, acquiring more. And uh, so, you know, the, uh, I got a degree and got a job. And in, the, uh, in my job, I could do this or I could climb the corporate ladder. And so it doesn't stop. And so we all know um, that as individual engaging this way, and if many people engage in the same way, before we know it, there is a culture began to evolve around all of us. 
There's a culture of a doing, culture of busy doing, endless doing, accomplishing, achieving. And once the culture is emerging uh, all around us, that can become a norm. We don't even know other uh, possibilities exist. And so we just keep engaging in this. And sometimes um, I recognize that even, even when uh, retirement comes, the doing doesn't stop as we just shift from one kind of a doing to another. I remember at uh, my um, work, and there was someone who retired, uh, I think close to 80 year old, but after retirement, uh, he still shows up in the lab. And I was wondering, wow, (laughs) this really goes on and on. And um, we can begin to kind of um, let this habit force kind of take over us, um, continue in this mode. Hmm. I want to offer an image. Um, Well, before I do that, I want to point out maybe that... uh, it's not to say that uh, all of this is uh, our problems. Well, what I wanted to point out is as we began to um, reinforce this pattern in our lives, uh, we began to engage in an unconscious, in unconscious um, dynamic. And often, and this is driven by the forces of wanting, desires, and greed, hatred, delusion. But as we kind of uh, continue to engage in this pattern, we lose sight what is um, driving underneath of us. The image that I have uh, in this mode of operation is that of constant dancing on tippy-toes. It's kind of before one foot landed completely on the ground. The next foot had to move. Because the next foot, the next landing is where we can finally um, stabilize and ground and rest. But as we know, when this pattern began to engage on on its own, kind of have its own life, and we just tippy-toe dance, um, not knowing the resting is even possible. And so we can begin to um, find the difficult um, to know what's possible uh, to really ground. I remember that uh, uh, my teacher, Gil Fransto, sometimes uh, pointed out that maybe human beings should be called human doings. Because we really do. (laughs) We do a lot. And it's very fortunate. Uh, For me, it's not until I encountered uh, Dharma practice and Dharma teachings that I realized that there is a different kind of grounding that we can rest in. 
the ground of a being, being with what is happening here and now. I like putting the two feet on the ground, really solid on the ground. Even for all of us right now, just, you know, as you settle in your chairs in the floor and just allow yourself to feel the feet on the ground, sitting on the cushion or on the chairs, lying down, wherever you are standing. What is that felt sense of a being? Being with what is happening here and now. Being with listening. Being with the breath moving, coursing through us. Being with the seeing. Being with the sound inside and outside. Thoughts. Nothing to do. Nowhere to go. Uh, for me, that sense of a being often immediately evoke a sense of resting down, that sense of groundedness that we were uh, speaking about and practicing with. Opening and receiving, receiving what is happening here and now. Being contented with what is here. Not wishing it to be any other way. We don't have to to be told to the next step. But here, here is enough. Maybe the pain, unpleasant sensations are here. Unpleasant emotions are here. But it's okay to be to be with. To be with this is enough. For me, there is a sense of contentment coming along, and maybe also a sense of centeredness. Oh, right here, rooted, right here, right now. Being grounded in the way things are, not what I wanted it to be, but the way things are. And the uh, Pali term uh, that gets translated as the way things are is that of a dhamma, grounded in dhamma. And this is not to say that somehow we'll just have a magic way of simply stopping altogether, stopping the doing, stopping the momentum, stopping the wanting. doesn't happen. There's no magical button to push, right? We all know that. And yet, um, as we engage in the Dharma practice from time to time, we may discover the moments where we can be with what is happening. And it offers an opportunity uh, to know and to see that there is a different possibility for us. 
And as we engage in the Dharma practice, we may also learn, oh, there is a different kind of a doing that allow the being to come about, to be in our experience. And this is the kind of a doing that I... Uh, um, that, that in our uh, Dharma world referred to as walking the Dharma path. It involves certain kind of doing. And you all come here today and practice meditation together, learning the Dharma, pra- uh, learning the Dharma together. There is a form of doing engaged And yet this kind of a doing are conducive to settling and resting, conducive to an establishment of a sense of a well-being. I love the term well-being. It's kind of a being that has a goodness to it, kind of a being that we can trust It's very fortunate and that uh, this is possible and this is available to us. And walking the Dharma path is a form of the doing that one can engage in, that allow a different ground to emerge. Hmm. I uh, pointed out uh, early on the kind of activities that we engage in, the kind of doing that we engage in involves, involves maybe sometimes a lot of physical activities. And I also want to point out that there is a kind of a doing that happen uh, in our mind. And so we discover this as we begin to sit on the cushion. And oftentimes... Uh, when we began our meditative practice, uh, even though our bodies settled down, immediately we'll discover how much we think, <laughs> right? And boy, they're loud and, um, and persistent. And knowing that this is also a long-term conditioning that happened, um, maybe from very early on, I'm aware that my teenager son and you know needs to figure things out a lot <laughs> you know um, I'm fond of these terms and figure things out sorting the things out in our mind because we never really out <laughs> we, we always keep figuring <laughs> continue to figure but never really kind of out of it maybe out of it momentarily <laughs> but next one will come pretty quickly And we're uh, kind of aware of this kind of uh, doing as well internally, uh, internal chatter for me. I never realized how much I talk to myself (laughs) in meditation. It's constant, yep, yep, inner inner chatter going on. And our culture, and there is a culture norm uh, that supports this, conditions this, right? And the more knowledge we have and the more information we accumulate, somehow we will be okay, you know, we'll be able to figure things out. And, and so we get stimulated um, by constant 
feeds into uh, our being and social media, emails, and internet, and what have you. And our this thinking machine is constantly fed with lots of sources. And so figuring things out sometimes can be become a belief, an idea that we have, we hold. So even if our physical bodies are settled down, and that belief may still continue to feel, uh, kind of feel the momentum uh, in our patterns of thinking, patterns of, patterns of a planning. And yet to walk in the Dharma path, we begin to learn, hmm, what is a different possibility? Uh, what is a different possibility here? It's great, you know, we, we are offered with um, mindfulness practices, allow us to begin to see the patterns existing in us, allow, um, offer tools for us to begin to settle uh, into our experiences. The mindfulness of the body, of our breath, invite us to begin to settle in the experience that's happening here and now. And sometimes, uh, maybe sometimes, uh, you may have this experience yourself. As you settle into the rhythm of the breath, sensations in the body, our beliefs about having to think through everything may soften. We may have momentary experience of silence. Even the silence in between my words. Space. Some momentary stillness. However small it may feel like, And this might be the pointers for us to say, oh, there may be a different ground that's possible here. Again, I want to invite you to just check in in your body, however it is. Maybe in the midst of the movements in the body, there can be a sense of silence, kind of a stillness that's not rejecting all the things that are happening. Just being with, just being with. Listening to the sound, and yet the silence can be in the backdrop of it all. I'm fond of this story of Mother Teresa uh, from the book uh, Civility. This is an interview with Mother Teresa. 
There is an interviewer asked the Mother Teresa what she says to God when she prays. I don't say anything, she replies. Just listen. And so the interviewer asked her what God says to her. He doesn't say anything, said Mother Teresa. He just listens. And before the astonished interviewer could press her further, she added, And if you don't understand that, I can't explain it to you. So quietly listen. Listen to the vibrations within us. Vibrations outside, quiet, still. When we're more and more grounded ourselves in the way things are, not wishing it to be in any other way, grounded in being, um, actions can arise spontaneously out of wisdom, compassion. And so this form of a being is not uh, some form of idleness and simply kind of giving up doing nothing, but rather it's a deep trust of the inner wisdom and compassion that's available to us. And the kind of trust that allows and the kind of doing that emerges not to base on, on the wanting and the aversion or the delusion, but based on a big field of compassion and wisdom. And so this form of being is a rich and potent field, and not a barren field. I want to offer um, a poem from Dao De Jing, which is written by a Chinese Philosopher Laozi, and translated by Stephen Mitchell. And it says, this is the Tao De Jing, chapter 15. The ancient masters were profound and subtle. Their wisdom was unfathomable. There is no way to describe it. All we can describe is their appearance. They were careful as someone crossing an ice-covered stream, alert as a warrior in enemy territory, courteous as a guest, fluid as melting ice, shapeable as a block of wood, receptive as a valley, clear as a glass of water. Do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water is clear? Can you remain unmoving till the right action arises by itself? The master doesn't seek fulfillment. 
not seeking, not expecting. She is present and can welcome all things. So there is a kind of doing that's fueled by wanting, delusion, that leads to more doing, tippy-toe dancing. And there is a form of a doing that leads to being, well-being. And this being is rich, potent, flexible. This being is shapeable as a block of wood, can be a stick for someone who needs a stick to walk around, can be a pillar holding the structure of the building. Mm. And so there is this form of a being that offers the potential of doing uh, for the benefit of all beings, for the well-being of all beings. Um, But this happens uh, when we have the patience to wait for the mud to settle and the water to be clear. And so this practice we're engaging in is to learn to be, to settle, to allow the mud to settle. And so our heart and mind become clear. And the right actions arise by itself. And so may we all trust, um, trust the wholesome doing that allow the well-being to emerge and trusting the doing that arise out of a deep sense of well-being. And may all beings be benefited by this. So thank you, everybody. Hmm. So we have a few minutes. Maybe um, anyone who have comments and protests, questions, welcome. Yeah. Or your own reflections. Ying, that must have been a good Dharma talk because during it I realized how unsettled and antsy and restless my body was. As noticing it, it has a lot of power. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. It, it wasn't pleasant to notice it, but it, it was kind of wonderful in a way. Because, oh yes, you know, I've got this body and I'm alive. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So that, there's one behind you. Uh, Thank you, Ying. That was so beautiful. Um, I have, I have. A request and then a question. <laughs> My request is if you could read the poem one more time. Okay. 
And then my question is about that, um, you know, waiting for the, what was it, the mud to mud settle? Mud to settle, yeah. If you could talk about how that process might unfold, hmm. that would be great. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for the question. Um, let me read the poem one more time, and then maybe we'll unpack a little, see how we get the mud to settle. <laughs> Hmm. The ancient masters were profound and subtle. Their wisdom was unfathomable. There is no way to describe it. All we can describe is their appearance. They were careful as someone crossing an ice-covered stream, alert as a warrior in enemy territory courteous as a guest, fluid as melting ice, shapeable as a block of wood, receptive as a valley, clear as a glass of water. Do you have the patience to wait till your mud settles and the water is clear? Can you remain unmoving until the right action arises by itself. The master doesn't seek fulfillment, not seeking, not expecting. She is present and can welcome all things. Yeah, so... And here it offers the words of patient. Patience. Have the patience to wait till the mud settles. This image evoked in me is that of sitting right here, being in the midst of what's happening here and now, as Bill was pointing out. Sitting here, noticing the unease that may be in the body, in the mind. Do we have the patience to be with this? So often when unpleasant uh, experiences happen, we immediately want to tiptoe to the next step. You know, i got to get rid of this one. And, and what this invites us is to be with this. I'll allow this experience to unfold on its own terms, not based on what I believe it should be or... Um, I would rather this not happening to me. You know, there are lots of agendas that that our habitual mind can have and wanted to wiggle out of where we are. And we've offered um, in the Dharma practice lots of tools to establish that kind of a sense of a centeredness, uh, being with, and for example mindfulness of the breath, being with the breath as the breath unfolds on its own, being with the body, in the body, of the body, not as of my belief of what the body is supposed to to be. And so a a lot of this um, things that you've been practicing um, is pointing to this direction, and part of it, this is 
And the trick is to begin to notice the various patterns that emerge in us that are wanting to wiggle this way or that way. And so when we cultivate mindfulness, we begin to see those momentum. And we just look at them and smile. Can I be with this? And let the flow. So the mud will settle. Um, but if, you know, we can try, if we, you know, want to get rid of this, or want to hold on that, um, we can see what impact it has. And does that lead to settledness, or does it lead to more spinning around? And so this, you know, as, as long as we begin to open our awareness to see this, we will begin to see and the kind of inner functions of this. And I want begin to see the, I don't like to use the word logic because it doesn't feel logical. <laughs> Sometimes they're pretty chaotic. Um, but we will begin to see certain patterns and we'll begin to know uh, what will actually support a sense of well-being and what doesn't. Does that seem to land? Yeah, okay. Thank you. Maybe the last one, if there is one. Otherwise. Well, then we can stop right here. Thank you so much, everyone, uh, for your practice. And um, may you continue. Take good care.